Welcome. Are you ready to rewind? Take a nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time. It's Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number three of Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. Today we're talking about America Online. My name is Joe Morata. I am joined, of course, by everyone's favorite buddy list, Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Hiya. You Hiya. got mail. You do have mail. And folks, we thank you for dialing up to be with us this week. Yeah, dial up. Yeah, we're, we're talking I think about- it's possible you could have gotten this. Yeah, if still. you are listening to us on um, maybe 56K, that yeah. would be very interesting. Please write to us uh, at AWM Podcast on Twitter. But in all seriousness, thank you so much for being with us here for another week in the pop culture celebration. That's what we do around here. Each week we pre- present you a different slice of nostalgia from the 80s or 90s or maybe before and after. Mm-hmm. And this time around, we're talking about America Online, which Michael Quinn Probably, I'm not too far off in saying that if you were born in the 70s or 80s, or even early 90s, right? AOL was probably most people's introduction to the internet. It was the internet, okay? It was synonymous. Like, Why is America on America Online? It puts the whole internet right at my fingertips. Seriously, it really was like a big deal when we got it in my like main household. Sure, same here. And I think most of you kids uh, that were uh, around in the 90s, grew up in the 90s, can relate to that period of time where you didn't maybe have your own computer. Your family had the computer. Yes, there was only one. You're thinking of getting a family computer. And it was usually in its own corner of either your kitchen or it, a dining room it was in a somewhere. Cubby and it was, a rec room. it was considered like an investment. It was like a motor vehicle or something. Like right. it was like, oh, this is your car to the information superhighway. And it, <laughs> it's parked over here. Yes. And if Timmy wants to use it, he could, it's for everyone. It's for the whole family. Right. And it was actually an activity that you announced or that you had to ask permission for. Can right. I use the computer? Well, yeah, because dad might be doing his accounting right. on it or mom might be looking up recipes. All the things they said. In the commercials? Uh, yeah, like... <laughs> I can check my stocks and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, we can send your mom flowers, order those plane tickets. We can even look up dinosaurs in Compton's encyclopedia. That's one thing, but to take it one step further, then going online, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. you know, if you didn't have a second phone line, you're tying up the phone line. I remember when it started. I mean, even when we first got it, I don't think even our parents foresaw that we would be on it all the time. Right. And so there was that initial period. I, I feel like it didn't last very long for my parents thought it was got old uh, that we had one phone line and that was it. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. So it was probably a boon to the uh, AT&T and MCIs of the world. They must have. I don't know because I wasn't an adult to purchase this, but they must have had like add on packages. So it didn't it wasn't as it because they, they were trying the whole society as a whole when this came along. Yes. And, and we'll talk about the whole period of time. But it was very much like they were trying to nudge people. They knew they'd make money off the internet somewhere else. So I'm not sure if the phone companies were accommodating, if you will. Yeah, I'm not really sure either. Yeah. What I do know is that AOL had a meteoric rise and then it had quite a sharp fall. Oh, uh, sharp as, as a knife. It's a gener- generous adjective. Yeah. And we're going to go through all that. But obviously, we have to start where we always start when we do these mm-hmm. in the beginning. Now, in the the internet. There was the internet. <laughs> now, first of all, the internet is a series of what? Tubes. And it was invented by whom? Al Gore. 
I took the initiative in creating the internet. You put all that together, Kaflui. There was the ARPANET yes. in the late 60s. Now, this was primarily for military use. Yes, correct. And, and for research papers and, like, studying physics and shit. Yeah, it, it was just not- a nice, convenient way. It's like, we need to send this document. It's going to take all day. But you know right. what? We're going to send it, right? <laughs> right. And without getting into the whole sordid history of the internet, we're not going to do that here. We're going to start our story in 1983 with a company that was known as the Control Video Corporation. They had one service. What was that? That service was known as GameLine, Ah. and it was for the, believe it or not, Atari 2600 console. That makes sense. Games are always the first technology to flirt with new stuff like that, right? Well, and they've already got a user base that is, you know, children or teenagers or people that are tech hobbyists and things like that, so it makes sense to experiment. Easy for them to adopt. Exactly. I want to play my Atari against somebody else. And that's pretty much, you know, was interesting. To their credit, to CVC's credit here, it's actually a pretty novel idea for 40 years ago. You would buy a modem from them for 50 bucks, Okay, which in today's, that's a lot more. That's probably a large percentage of the what the Atari cost. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) It's the 2600 from Atari. There's also a $15 setup fee cuz you know fees. Fees. You have to have the fees. Now, was there a monthly fee or was this like before they realized they could make anything off that? No, there was no monthly fee, but you would download the Atari games and Ooh. rent them for a week at $1 per game. What would you download them to? You would because you did the Atari didn't have a hard drive to the modem. I don't know what what happened with it. I didn't have one streaming them right to. If you got disconnected, game over. <laughs> it, it honestly might have been something like that. Yeah, but it was one dollar per game. However, the consideration here is that well, it costs a lot of money to be on the phone for that long right. downloading, and so they made some money doing and, this. And this is what I meant. I, I feel like by the nineties there was some progress as far as the pricing was concerned. The phone mm-hmm. companies got wise yes. to the idea that, again, we will make more money down the line if we just give it away, get people on this shit, right? Well, exactly right. Any opportunity to make money, of course, right. you know, AT&T is going to do that. But it took a while for them to realize that. It did. Because they did. realized it's, it's just like with a subscription service. Now, you got it. You know, when you start it, even if you have 20 million, it's not enough for all the content you're providing. You got to get like 100 million people, right? You also have to know when to hold them and when to fold them. Right, exactly. It's a little bit of both. Stop. One gentleman that got hired at this CBC in 1983 was a man by the name of Steve Case. Yeah, Steve Case, a, a notable name, and I'm sure he'll be talked about as this goes on, right? He will. His brother, Dan Case, actually uh, was recommended him to work at CBC, so he was hired there. But then this company almost went bankrupt in 1983 because if you recall, Quinn, there was something known as the video game crash of 83. Well, you see, there was a lot of Atari video games and one in particular, E.T. This isn't actually, E.T. isn't the reason, but it's kind of like a symbol for what happened. But basically, like, (laughs) before E.T., Anybody could just make an Atari game, right? So there'd be like porn games and there'd be like weird stuff that just sucked or there'd be like clone games oh, that yeah. were like cheaper versions of real it games. It was like the Wild West it out there. It didn't fucking matter. <laughs> right? If you could make a cartridge, you could put it in the Atari, right? right? So this keeps like coming up to a critical mass and the point at which that is always considered what kind of reflected how it all was going was basically... In 1983, E.T. is coming to your Atari and, like, 
and it looks great like, rendition. By you know, the way. it looks like ET or whatever on the on the video game briefly, <laughs> like nice in the commercial. You, yeah. Yes, and then people got it, and it's like you falling in holes, and like doesn't make any sense. And people and kids were like, "What the fuck is this, Dad?" <laughs> Basically, and like all of them got returned to the point, and this is real because they found it. They like, proved it 20, 30 years it was later. An urban legend for a while. There was this legend that. All of these, there were so many returned, and Atari couldn't sell them back. Sold, yeah. That they had to put them into a landfill somewhere all at once, and there was tons of them, right? For years, there's been an urban legend going around the video game world that Atari buried millions of unsold copies of E.T. for the Atari 2600 in a New Mexico landfill. And lo and behold, it took 30 years, but some guy uncovered, like thousands of et cartridges in the in their dump. boxes too. yeah in the boxes in the dump in the dump we're in like arizona or somewhere wherever that where. it was probably california nevada closer to california they probably hauled it all out there because it was mass was it near fresno yeah who Might knows fresno yeah fresno that didn't go well as a result lots of video game companies you know people were making games mm-hmm. went under it would take a little thing called the nes to come along and i'm sure there'll be an episode about that oh, eventually there better be or else people yeah. will riot but in may of 1985 a new company was formed using kind of the remnants of the cvc staff some of them and it was known as quantum computer services okay. that sounds fast sounds very modern right yeah. very hip and steve very quick very quick steve case very quickly was the executive vp and then the ceo of this company now they had a partnership not with atari michael quinn but with the commodore 64 see that's a better pairing for a computer internet yeah yes exactly commodore 64 believe it or not in the mid 80s I've looked at this and I'm fascinated by the Commodore 64, by the way. It's just a little side thing. Commodore computers in more homes than any other home computer. It was the most successful computer of the mid 80s. PC was there. Yes. But like actually the Commodore 64 was very affordable and a lot of people had them. Well, you could play games on it. You could do your Lotus 1, 2, 3 or whatever. And it was portable. It was actually like pretty small. It was just like the keyboard in this thing. Yep. And you could just hook it to the TV or a computer mount. Whatever you wanted to do with it, yep. you could. So it's actually a great form factor. It was. A, that's a good point. A good form factor. It was portable. It was easy to use for new yeah. people. And Quantum Computer Services partnered up with them and launched a program known as Quantum Link or Q-Link. Our hottest news flash of the week comes from Quantum Link, who has finally made it worthwhile for people across the nation to simply hook up this invention to a telephone and a computer. And this service was basically for online gaming in a primitive form, right. obviously. And Commodore 64 was a gaming platform was a gaming on top platform. of all of it. On right? top of it all, there were a lot of games on Commodore 64 and 128, which yeah. I think this was also on. But one of the features in their Q-Link was known as People Connect. Aha. Uh-huh. Now you can actually message other Commodore 64 users in any part of the country. Amazing. And that was something because yes, there were in the internet realm, electronic bulletin board. What was it? BBS, I think they were called. Bulletin boards. But not everyone had that, right? But now your average schmo that has, maybe not schmo might be harsh. I'm sorry. But your average Joe that has a Commodore and they have this Q-Link, well, now they can talk to people, too. And you yes. don't need to be this tech-savvy nerd, no offense, you know, an 80s lingo. You just log in, and there's a nice menu, and you can see things. Correct. So it had uh, other features. It's in, it's interesting. Um, I'll never not take a, a moment to uh, hype this show, but Halt and Catch Fire is like a fictionalized version of this, and I think you should go watch it if you have any interest in the early starting as a gaming connection to a chat, because that's literally what the show is about. <laughs> The preceding announcement has been paid for by Holt and Catch Fire. 
Thank you, Quinn, for yes. that. I hope you get it paid handsomely on that one. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. The early internet is always a fascinating oh, beast yeah. because it's it was a lo- developing. It's a lot of like poking around, seeing what works, and if it the thing that works is you build on that, and then you yeah. know if it if it fails after you build to a certain point, you get rid of it, you move on. Right. It's a lot like uh, anything else that's being made for the first time and right. being developed for the first time. You know, there's a lot of anomalies when you look back. Mm-hmm. It's like how the hell was this? But yeah. it happened. Another thing that. Q-Link did is they teamed up with Apple, mm. not the record company. Yes, the compu- <laughs> Apple Computer Corporation. <laughs> you ever heard of it? Yeah. Uh, to form Apple Link, a very similar service, but for guess what? The Apple II, I guess. Runs on the Apple the operating system and all that. Yeah. Correct. Obviously, would need to be done back yes. in those days. And nothing was portable back then. You couldn't like use stuff <laughs> on different, uh, there's like a million different OSs and right. like, yeah. Oh God, there was Sun OS. Yeah, DOS and Unix. Yeah. People were still... Little- they were still figuring that out. It wasn't until like the late 80s until Windows really yep. took over in and the could, early 90s. And that could be another episode for another time, too. Mm-hmm. But after ending the partnership with Apple, the company's name was changed to America ah, Online. Here we go. In 1989. But meanwhile, there were two other companies that were already providing a similar service. One mm-hmm. of them you may have heard of was known by CompuServe. CompuServe combines the power of your computer with the convenience of your telephone. Ah, yes, CompuServe, the the competitor in all this, right? Yes. And I, I know of CompuServe, they were one of the leading internet providers, I guess you called. Because the internet itself, as this is all going along, is developing in such a way where the networks are coming together to form, like the actual pipes and connections. The tubes. The tubes. and Al Gore was doing it. Or the servers, you know, everything's coming slowly right. online. Yes, everything was. And CompuServe as a company was actually formed in 1969. Nice. And by 1979, 10 years later, they were actually one of the first online service providers. And by the mid-80s, they were one of the biggest ones because not many others were doing it at that time. However, there was another company doing it in the mid-80s. Their name was Prodigy. Connect Prodigy to your computer and get stock quotes almost as fast as a broker. Another one in the one of the competitors here, right? Another one of the big three, basically, yeah. from this period of time. And Prodigy was founded relatively recently at that point in 1984. They were notable for their online su- service that had a graphical user interface, a GUI, hmm. or pronounced Quinn. A GUI. A GUI, yes. You know, maybe that might be useful. Yeah, I, be. I'm, just, I'm just throwing it out there. Yep. And not only was it on MS-DOS, it also was on Windows. So that's a big deal. But back to AOL. By February of 1991, AOL launched America Online for DOS. Yes. The following year for Windows 3.1. Yes. Which would have been out. Windows 3.1 was that was, that was a big deal. That was the first one I had. You had to launch it from DOS and all from this DOS, shit. From DOS, yeah. And it was, it was like the shiz. It was a preview into what 95 would become. I felt obviously. very comfortable when <laughs> I got to Windows 95 because I thankfully got to experience Windows 3.1. Right. It was kind of like a nice bridge. A yeah. nice bridge to span the chasm between the DOS era and the mm-hmm. Windows era that we know to this day. One of the things that was added to America Online, this fledgling service provider, which was actually really creeping up in popularity was a Usenet function. Ah. Now, Usenet was an electronic bulletin board from like way An- back. Another one, one right? One of them, yep. And Usenet was a very, how do I put this nicely? We know of it from the wrestling parts, you know, rec.sports.pro yeah. wrestling. Very, very active. Very active, very tight-knit to that point. Mm-hmm. Because not that many people were connecting right. on the internet back then. And this is all slowly snowballing, right? Exactly. Well, AOL adds it 
now there's this flood, this influx, this deluge, if you will, of new people now, on how much you, How much you want to bet, we know this and even now, it's like how much you want to bet there was the pre-AOL coming in people being like, who are these yep. jerks? Yep. You know, it's like, oh, noobs. That's like, exactly what it was, though, Quinn. It was known in Usenet lore as the eternal September because people just kept filing in and filing in and filing in. And for the, the Usenet hardcores, and maybe someone listening was one, we want to hear mm-hmm. from you. It was never the same again after all these noobs came What's in. What's funny is the Usenet folks should be happy. It's like, oh, there's people here. <laughs> like, it's usually only seven of us. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, this is good true. for them. It's only seven of us dissecting, you know, the season finale in Night Court or whatever right, the hell exactly. they're doing. But by the mid-90s, America Online was rapidly gaining popularity, not in small part, Quinn, to what is derisively called its carpet-bombing marketing Tactic. Yeah, so this is the this was the first exposure to AOL for me, right? All of a sudden, you come you see something come in the mail, it says AOL free one million hours. <laughs> like it would always be some extraordinary number, like just yeah. ridiculous, right? Yes. Wow, that's a lot of hours of internet, right? <laughs> so many hours. Yeah. And you'd be like, wow, this is incredible, right? But you know, you weren't sure if you should stick it in your computer, and not to mention, I think you had to give them your credit card one to get your one thousand hours. You had to do that to get your free which, hours, which yeah. was dicey with your parents back then. Well, because back then you never knew what you were getting right. into. Yeah, the internet. And then you go to your friend's house, and you're like, he has the AOL disc too, and it's the same thing. <laughs> yep. And then you go to grandpa's house, <laughs> and he's using the AOL disc as coasters on it for his drinks because they won't stop sending. He's got thousands of them. Now this is a true story. This though, is right? this is true. <laughs> and everywhere you go, all of a sudden. There's different because they would send like a different design every yeah. month. There's the literally like one thousand different styled AOL discs. I'm sure there's somebody who collects those, right? There's like, gotta be. I used to uh, get these in the mail sometimes, or whenever I went to the grocery store, I would grab about thirty of them on the way out and save them up. These things were everywhere. They were fucking everywhere. Go to the grocery store. There's there's a fucking pile of, hey, get your AOL disc. Go to the fucking bookstore. Here's a pile of AOL disc. Like, every single place. You're in the mall. There's a standee. AOL, 800 million hours. Please join, right? You're right, though. Yeah. It was damn near impossible to not at least have heard of America Online by the mid-90s because of this. It didn't matter where you went. They were everywhere. You could go to a pizzeria and there would be like a stack of them next to the like, you know, on the counter. And next to the napkins. And for like <laughs> next to the napkins and the straws. Yeah. And the like the Parmesan cheese that's like right. clumpy together and they were, the thing, they were just I mean. they were like ubiquitous, they were ubiquitous. As, as you would say. Yeah. I would? Yeah. yeah I you would. say you, you tend to use that word more than I. Pretty good word. Now for those of our younger listeners, or maybe with the foggy memories, free hours, free hours. What do you mean free hours? Well, until December of 1996. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's timestamp that. December 96, right? Until then, they actually charged you hourly. Right. It was it was a nightmare. And I remember when we didn't have free hours anymore, my mom was like, hey, you can only be on for like two hours or something, right? Get off the computer, yeah. Michael. And right. also you're hogging up the phone. So, <laughs> you know, your aunt wants to call. Yeah, well, she might. <laughs> yeah. So, in December of 96, AOL switched to a flat monthly rate. Because now- This was a godsend. This was unbelievable. Because this was a bargain, if you can believe it. The hourly rate shit, people didn't like it. 
Because it, it, like I said, it would just rack up your bill and you would just, people wanted to be on the internet more and more the more they got used to it, right? The more they got used to it, the more they found ways to have fun talking could you, to Could you imagine it. the internet being metered by time nowadays? No. It'd be awful. It'd be, it'd be absolutely uh, Your awful. phone too? Yeah. Like everything. Right. And that's how it was back then. And at the risk of pissing off your parents, you didn't want to go over on your hours. But you know what was interesting is well after the, um, the monthly fee- they still use that with the CDs, like a thousand free hours. Yeah, which, I didn't know if that was just the old disc were left over. Because here's the thing is that the disc, it didn't matter how old you had it because AOL, because it was online, you'd connect it and it would update you to whatever AOL. It would direct you to download the new one. Right, if you exactly. Had to. Yeah. It was a very, I would call it a successful marketing tactic, an annoying one. Yeah. Uh, but it was definitely successful. But, I, I mean, lo and behold, after it didn't take very long. And this is. This, to me, was the most exciting part about the internet in general back then is things would just happen really, really fast, right? Yeah. Like, within months. I felt like within a year and a half, two years, I didn't know once that marketing campaign started, Mm -hmm. I didn't know a single person that didn't have AOL. Yeah, everyone had their their screen name and all those things. You would add them to their buddy list. I want to talk about AOL for a second now. Yeah, and so, like, what in modern terms for the the kids at home, what would (laughs) AOL would you consider it to be it's hard to really pigeonhole it because it was really designed to be an all-in-one internet introduction to novices which we all were for the most part but on top of it it technically was an internet service provider it was also an isp because you dialed up to aol to aol aol so yeah not only did you connect via them Mm-hmm. But you also used all of the, or you could use all right. of their services. This is a day where you had a middleman to your ISP. Correct. Well, that's what CompuServe and all them were also. Prodigy, yeah. So not only did you pay AT&T or whoever the fuck for that connection, yep, which is just your regular ass phone Correct. that you were paying for, but you had to pay an internet service provider. They weren't the same thing. And so this breeds competition. There was just tons of different ones. That's a great point. But Quinn. AOL had the software, and that's why everyone fucking loved it. And I think AOL was so successful because it made it, and one of its marketing pitches in those memorable 90s commercials was, it's so easy. America Online, so easy to use, no wonder it's number one. Yes. Because it made the internet, which had previously been this niche, hobbyist, intimidating, technical type thing, even mm-hmm. using a computer was, right. it made it simple for the everyday average consumer, the yeah. everyday mom, dad, Sun, you know, yeah. whatever it might and be. And it was like an internet toolbox is what I like to think of it as, right? Because, okay, for example, you could have AOL as your internet provider, right? And yes, you could. could. use Netscape or Internet Explorer to mm-hmm. browse the websites. However, the AOL software, you could just turn it on and use those in the background or whatever or, yeah. you know, play an online game, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But what AOL was on top of this, which was part of the service, was there was an internet browser in it. There was yeah. uh, there was chat features. There was an instant messenger. Yeah. There was all this shit, and it was all packaged nicely. It almost looked like a desktop or something. Yeah, with with little easy icons, colorful, colorful icons that very clearly laid out what the fuck they were. Right, because very again, intuitive. You have to remember, no one knows what the hell the internet <laughs> right. is. Right, it's like we're all figuring it out together. It was very mysterious in the mid nineties. It's like, true. Yeah, and AOL did its best to. Mar- 
market the mystery out of the internet. And I think they accomplish it because I think that's partially what their undoing was, is because everyone learned what all those Excellent. things were. Excellent. And they might not have needed AOL later because of it, once well, cable modems and all that shit came along. Yeah, and we'll definitely get to that. Uh, now, AOL used to have things called channels, for example. Right. So, Which were just chat rooms, basically. They right? were chat rooms, and they were different functions that you can click on, but there was all sorts of stuff that I never used, like influence and personal finance. I was like 11. So is influence, is that like the early Twitter? It might be like... <laughs> like influencers. It might and, be like what's trending or yeah. something, yeah. Of, of course, it had your usuals, you know, your news, your sports, your games, your shopping, and the stuff things like that. that. They, this was the shit... You know what's funny is the channels and all the things that they're highlighting on the channels like i see ll today news sports influence travel international personal finance workplace yeah. computing research blah 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 all these things health families kids mm-hmm. right this was the shit they marketed the hell out of on the tv commercials right yes, they did like these specific things like what they were really trying to tell you was that you can do anything on the internet right exactly. like it doesn't matter do you like to cook do you like um, computer games? Do you right. like to work out? Do you like to shop? Like we got it all. Do you have like, kids? Do you have kids? Do you need advice? Do you need Do you need help from a doctor? Right. Like anything. That was what AOL was like emphasizing. There was something for everybody on there, which previously no one had ever told you that. Yeah, people thought, oh, I got to write a paper at MIT to fucking understand what the hell this <laughs> right. shit is, right? But that was the mindset, yeah. and to a large extent, I think it was true. So AOL was very popular amongst, uh, I think, kids and adults, not only for the channels that we talked about, chat rooms, Quinn. I mean, the chat rooms for... A kid, a teenager, that was a huge deal, right? It was huge. Might not have been for the adults, but for a kid that's just poking around. Because that's really what it was. Again, I can't stress enough how, like, what an interesting time to grow up in, right? It was. Was to poke around in these things... And you just didn't know what you were going to get. <laughs> no, you, like, didn't. you really didn't. You just, okay, I'm going to click on this. I don't know what's in here. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, and your yeah. parents, nobody, it wasn't even thought of yet. Like when AOL first came along, it still wasn't even thought of yet. Like you got to protect your kid. Like nope. people just thought, oh, it's that thing on the computer. Who right. Cares, right. Right. Rampant. You know, yeah, and no like, one knew. And, and it was thought to be good for knowledge. Right. Right. I got homework help and my dad thinks I'm a genius. Again, your parents think in their head, this is why they just handed this shit to kids because it was marketed as very educational. Like your kids are really going to be ahead in school if they if they're like spending time on the internet right? yeah going to asl and yeah. <laughs> 13 meanwhile I'm, meanwhile yeah it's like there's either porn or like tons of video game things yeah just shady people nintendo.com <laughs> like what, what, what do they got over there right? right but i mean that's what it was yeah and you talk to these people in chat rooms and who mm-hmm. the hell knows if they were really who they said they were it, it was yeah. it was an absolute scene you yeah. didn't know if it was a 60-year-old you were talking to, pretend yeah. them to be 15. Seriously, there was no way to know. And, and the worst part, too, especially when you were, like, really new to the internet, when somebody would say, I'm Brad Pitt, like, you might be <laughs> like, wow, I'm talking to him. Or, like, I'm Angelina Jolie. Hey, you're on AOL? Like, what's your screen name? Like, There's still people that fall for that on Twitter and Instagram. I know, but back then, it really was, like, the absolute Wild West. And, it was, man. And the worst part was, imagine it being the Wild West and nobody fucking knows anything. Right. Yeah, like, that's what made it worse. Yeah, the, it, no one knew what to do. No yeah. one knew how to govern this, you yeah. know what I mean? From a from a, from a a people point of view, you, no yeah. one knew. I think one thing we need to touch on that was, like, 
a massive feature. So much so that on the top, it's like a big chunk here. Yeah. But like, this was a big deal email. 100%. Yes. Because email is another one of those things that if you didn't have AOL, you didn't really, again, if you were a lay person. You get an email from other people, but it was harder. But it was harder. Exactly. You didn't really know how complicated it was to do this. AOL packaged it all. They said, what do you want your name on the internet to be, right? After you hit that button, you were that name at AOL.com. That's an and now, now your email address is there. Now you have an instant message. Now, now you're online. Yeah, exactly. Email was a huge deal because if you'll notice in the mid-90s and especially in the later 90s, companies, businesses started to have websites and email addresses and maybe your friends and your relatives that you never mm-hmm. get to see have email addresses. You know, yeah. Maybe your grandpa has web TV like right. mine did, you know? <laughs> What was the draw of email to me was like, unlike instant messenger that could only do text in email, you could send a document or you could send a photo sure. or like, that's what distinguished email in those days. Right. Nowadays, that's not a thing anymore. But this is why there's probably kids now that'd be like, who the fuck? Like, I, it's just full of crap in my email Spam, like, like I don't constantly even, yeah like what do I what's it even for right it's like <laughs> right but like back then it, it's distinguishing feature was you you could do more long it was like designed to be the long form of it, it's basically the equivalent of sending a letter on the internet it, right? that's literally what it was supposed to be was sending a letter on the internet right and people did use it that way for a very very long time yeah the thing about AOL, like you said, I think you nailed it when you said that they packaged it up really nice. You get your email address, which means that now you're online and you're yeah. this name. At and this AOL. is all com. in the startup screen. Right. It's like, it's like, tell us what your name is. Now, this is your email. This is your instant message. Like, it would do all of that stuff the first time you set it up. Exactly. But the biggest thing, I think, for people maybe of our generation had to have been the buddy list. Yes, the instant buddy list. Instant messaging. <laughs> Okay, now that everyone's gotten their AOL at the grocery store or wherever the fuck or at their <laughs> the pizza house, place, perhaps. yeah. Now you're like, well, how do I find my friends? Right. Well, you go to school and you say, "What's your screen name?" Right. <laughs> that was like the question you'd ask girls. That I remember. Oh, asking, yeah. What's your screen name? What's like, your screen name? Add yeah. you to my buddy list. Right. I'll add you to my buddy how list. How cool we are! And I can't tell you how many times I was just with you. I with remember me. talking to you a lot on, on AOL. You were a very active AOL user. Like, <laughs> I was, I was. And, and you were one of the first people I remember that I could, you know, I could, it could be at 11 o'clock at night on a school night and I'd be like, hey Joe, what's up? You we know, were like, like probably bitching about wrestling together, right? Bitching about wrestling or, and I was probably like playing ROMs while I talked to you or something. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like some shit like that. But like, this is, you know, those early teen years. It was actually like a revelation that I didn't have to, because I used to talk on the phone with my friends, Yep, that you didn't have to do it and your parents didn't know what was like. What you, you could were t- saying? You could talk about anything. Right. right. I don't know how many people I just talked about shit for hours oh, and absolutely. hours and hours on Instant Messenger. Instant Messenger was a big deal. And if you want, again, for the younger kids listening, the equate- all, all you young kids. The, the thing that equates, what was Instant Messenger? Like, why does everyone love fucking Instant Messenger, right? That was texting basically yeah. before texting. Yeah. Essentially, it's it, the same thing. We all shifted to texting after instant messenger, but we did. And you know what's interesting about it is AOL, which had instant messenger was called on the buddy list, eventually spun it off into its own standalone program, and, AIM. And that's how they kept you within their circle even if you got a new ISP. Yeah, although AIM was free. Yeah, AIM was free, AIM but that was, was the point as I mean, it's yeah. like they wanted to uh, keep you in the AOL cloud basically. Yeah, yeah. 
But what's interesting is that Facebook added messaging shortly after it launched in the in the mid 2000s iPhone made, technically made their own cuz there's the I blue message. the blue one yep. so those are technically their own Instagram IM. has messaging mhm TikTok I believe has messaging there is Snapchat which you, is messaging you can DM on Twitter if that's your you could DM on Twitter if that's what you'd like to do yeah WhatsApp is another one of those programs I'm not saying that none of these would have existed without AOL, but what I'm saying is AOL was very, I think, influential in ingraining the instant message expectation. Yeah, and what distinguished instant message to me at the time was unlike chat, you weren't in a group. Instant message was direct messaging from one person to the other. You could make a group in instant message, I believe. You could. As well. Yep. But like it was more private than chat. It was right? more private. Previously, there was like Usenet and all that horse shit. Yep. And like those were like you were in a group. But this direct messaging and a nice, easy GUI with a list of all your friends. Yep. And you just double click on them and boom, I'm in a chat with them. You hear the door open when yeah. they sign on. Uh-huh. You, you could the, customize all yeah, You could customize them, which I did. Every single person a <laughs> yep. different thing. Which I did do some. Yeah, I absolutely did that. The door slam when someone leaves. Of yep. course, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the iconic. You've got mail. There was all these different sounds that AOL made too, and I think that's part of the nostalgia with it, right? The sounds, yes. The sounds, like you said, the door, the yep. door opening, the door closing. You've got mail. You got mail. The um, doom. Every time <laughs> you would message <laughs> yeah. someone, like obviously, even just the sound of connecting will probably drum up some memories. Just even yep. the sound is ingrained in people's minds. Let's take a listen. <laughs> there it is. There, that. Whatever that is. <laughs> that. <laughs> yep. And this is kids. This, we heard this every, every single time you wanted to go on. <laughs> it is amazing to think now that there was a time where like the internet just wasn't always on. Yes. You know what I mean? That you had to actually connect to it. When we got to cable modems, and I'm sure we'll get there and everything, and cable and broadband in general. Yes. That was kind of the final frontier as far as one of the technical limitations. It was. Because it was annoying that you had to like wait whatever like 30 45 seconds or whatever for that thing to happen whatever i just don't understand why they had the noises i and i to this day I, maybe there's some technical reason i just like couldn't they just say connecting like does it really need to go but, but didn't it give you a sense of security when you heard <laughs> right, it? It, yeah. it you were connecting to the, yeah. to the information superhighway i guess crawl or web or whatever i bet you there's literally because of like dial tone technology and stuff there's li literally a reason why there has to be an audible noise possibly i'm not to sure work with the phones maybe but right now as it stands you know aol 96 97 climbing and climbing and they buy CompuServe by the end of the decade wow they buy their competition if you well, will they could they are reigning supreme as number one in the online service provider realm and it's easy to see why and it's very easy to see why so as the 90s come to a close and as the dawning of the year 2000 what could possibly go wrong for what the, can stop the AOL empire the juggernaut known as America Online well, you and I are going to find out right on the other side of this break with more Acid Wash Memories.
America Online reintroduced a family to me. My mom is a big AOL user. We always write each other back and forth. You've got mail. Yippee! Hooray! I think AOL is one big community. Every one of my family members is on that buddy list right now. Customer service is always there to help. I've never heard of anybody else having what AOL has. Because we're all on AOL, we have this, this special kind of kinship. Well, you shouldn't be afraid because people that are on are just like you. America Online. So easy to use. No wonder it's number one. Sign up today. Here in Boston, Internet users are taking the Net Zero High Speed Challenge. Two computers connected to the Internet through ordinary phone jacks. One using standard dial-up, the other Net Zero High Speed Dial-up. Oh, the Net Zero is much, much faster than the standard dial-up. It's on page 18. It's only on page 4. You can surf the web up to five times faster for only $14.95 a month. That's quite amazing. <laughs> Net Zero and Net Zero High Speed, both available now at netzero.com. It's only on page four. And now we return to more acid-washed memories. And welcome back to more Acid Wash Memories, Episode 3. We're talking about America Online. Joe Murata, of course, with Michael Quinn. Hi. You've got mail, Michael. I've got mail now. Folks, if you want to send us mail, well, you do it on Twitter. How about that? At AWM Podcast on Twitter. We would appreciate hearing from you, your America Online members, or hell, maybe you're one of those prodigy families. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Or maybe you were getting served on CompuServe. America's washed memories. <laughs> maybe you were a, hey, maybe you were a Usenet original yeah. before 93 when all hell broke loose. Mm -hmm. We want to hear from you, and we really do thank you for being with us here our philosophy is we just want to have fun with you guys for an hour and a half every week. Help Chit you pass the time. chat about old stuff. That's all we're doing here. Help you pass the time at work. If you like the show, uh, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. It's always appreciated. It does help. It does help. I believe it's called Apple Podcast now, but iTunes for you old old school people out there. I mean, we are talking about old internet today. That's a very good point, Michael Quinn. Uh, and you can also join our Facebook group. If you have a Facebook and you use it for things other than blocking your family members that you don't like, you can search for Acid Wash Memories on Facebook. It's a nice group. We'll let you in, talk about old stuff. That'll be a fun time, too. Yes. I think that's all the particulars, right? Yeah, and that sounds like it. All right. So when we left off here... Our it, internet heroes, our, AOL. Our internet heroes, AOL. Steve Case, obviously. Yeah. The the big, the top dog over sitting there at AOL. Sitting on a pile of money. Sitting on a huge pile of money. Subscription fees. But was he sitting possibly a little too comfortably as we began the year 2000? Maybe. Let's he was out. the king of the internet at this point. He was. Now, in January of 2000... 23 years ago, a merger was announced between Time Warner, which already a, a conglomerate. Yeah, in media, which, if you think about it, it is one thing that AOL didn't have. Video was tough to come by on the internet back then. That's a very good point. Maybe they saw some kind of future there, right? It's like, oh, if we could have Warner Media providing yep. video content on the internet plus they own time magazine right a bunch yep. of other properties this you know, could, a ton this, of stuff this could be huge we could solidify ourselves yep. right so aol merges uh with time warner now the merger is completed one year after the announcement so january of 2001 now, at the time wasn't this like the biggest merger ever or some shit it was michael it was a 182 billion dollar deal sounds like nothing now i know it's like but for its time yeah big time AOL owned 55% of the new conglomeration, Time Warner 45%. Right. So with that in mind, Steve Case of AOL became the chairman of the newly named well, obviously. Yes. AOL Time Warner. Right. Very creative. And Gerald Levin from Time Warner was the CEO 
of the gotcha. company. Okay, so we got Steve Case and Gerald Levin. And without getting into too much of the hairy details, although Quinn and I do like to talk about this, this uh, this merger, it didn't work. Yeah, no shit. Went south very quick. <laughs> very and there, there, quick. There's, there's a huge reason. Okay, go for it, Michael. Broadband. So broadband. That's comes a big along, reason. Right? Now, this is why I kind of believe that if AOL was going to merge, they should have merged with a telecom, not AOL. Oh, telecom. there's, there's some went good for the, points here. They went after the wrong thing. It wasn't stupid. They probably thought, well, media is going to be a big deal on the internet, right? So maybe we need to get in bed with a media company I'm or sure own a media company. I'm sure they had the foresight for that. Right? But on the other end, really what AOL was at the end of the day was an ISP. Yes. But there was one little thing that they were still relying on, even with all of that power, the phone companies. 56K modems and the phone companies, man. And yep. what did the phone companies also end up owning? The broadband lines. The broadband Verizon, lines. Verizon yep. of the world. Very good point. The Comcasts of the So the cable companies and the... The existing phone companies eventually built up. Yep. Their, you know what I mean? Their, their infrastructure. Yep. They own the infrastructure. And the, to me, the infrastructure was the AOL products undoing. That's such a good point. From a consumer point of view, we can also talk in a, in a little bit about the business end of it. But from a consumer point of view, suddenly the more widespread adoption of broadband, and for you old school people out there, that's not the bangles or the go-go's, Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That is high-speed internet. High-speed internet. That became more and more readily available, whereas, you know, when we were kids, it was something that you only heard of in, in books. I mean... ISDN? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow, they, they got a they got a cat one line right. or whatever the fuck they called it, a DSL line. DSL was... Yeah. Yeah, like right. all the, that... But those were the early days. Um, the one that kind of broke through was like very fast for its time was that when the cable companies started providing internet over the actual coaxial yeah, cable. That was a huge deal. It was a jump in speed that was astronomical in comparison. You went from photos taking a like a hot minute to like you'd actually see the lines yeah, like right down. Tangibly watch like, them load. They would just flash in and it was like, whoa. Thinking of taking the plunge with a high speed internet service? Go with Comcast at home for the fastest downloads. And it was always connected. Yes. No more busy signals. No more tying up the yep. phone line. No more thousand free hours and bullshit. And since AOL had figured out the the monthly fee already, the cable companies simply said, "Eh, hey, we'll just do it that we'll way. Let's do it right? the same way. The model works. Yeah. We'll the do model it. works. And obviously, we can't charge them by the hours for something that's always on. So, Correct. like that, that's just not practical. I think that is an excellent point, Quinn. What's very ironic about all of this in the merger is that Time Warner did actually own. Mm -hmm. a broadband company known as Roadrunner. Yep. However, they were so fucking preoccupied with all of the merger details that for whatever reason, getting AOL on broadband was put on the back. I mean, they eventually did have AOL for broadband, but yeah. way too late to the game. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, the biggest internet game in town, right? All of a sudden, it should have popped up in your AOL software. Hey, do you want to sign up for broadband? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right? Keep the same software that you're comfortable using, but the connection's just dramatically faster. You just marketed that better than they did. Yeah, they, you they understand. It was very. But this is hindsight, though. I'm a. You're right. I'm, I'm you're a guy right. that's living in 2023 where we can get a gigabit internet and shit. <laughs> like, you true. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's that's a great point. The internet is literally on our telephones and it flies through the sky. So I don't think they they could have foreseen any of that. <laughs> 
probably not Steve Case. Yeah. And probably not Gerald Levin. But they were very busy being at loggerheads with each other because AOL and Time Warner, I think this is even evident on the surface, they're two very different companies. Yeah. With very different focuses. Again, the merger of it would have been brilliant in theory because here's a here's a thing that started with broadband, and this is this is why it never made any sense to me, right? They needed the broadband to present said media that they were now owning all of. <laughs> yeah, because right, the right. internet was not fast enough to present it. I mean, it took fucking all day to download a song. You think they can send a <laughs> video? Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you're right though. You're but right. like, they were sitting on this pile of media that would be important ten years after the, the conversion to broadband. Yeah, right? Exactly. Because owning Warner once videos could easily be sent around, which was around 2007 and and yeah, so on. getting into the mid and later. Yeah, YouTube like net, was when Netflix then. came along and Netflix all that. Netflix was later. Yep. Would have been a huge advantage. But oh, they, yeah. It's like they skipped a step. They didn't fix the infrastructure problem first. That's a right? great point, though. They, they skipped a step. Essentially, right? They thought, we'll, yeah. we'll merge with a media company, and then now we'll have a bunch of Warner content, which is, you know, they owned a lot of shit in the 90s. No, they did. You know? But you know what? About this merger, right? It became so ill-regarded because it really hurt both companies, but... Listen to this. This is an actual tangible number here. 2002. We're talking a year into the merger. Mm -hmm. Their loss for year 2002 was $98 billion. It's almost as much as the merger cost. It's half. Yeah. That's an insane loss for a year. So look at their subscriber loss. And again, this is because they missed the infrastructure bit. Because all of a sudden... Your cable company who provides your television is going around saying, hey, you know that AOL thing? (laughs) You could connect to the internet through us, and we'll just put a part of your cable bill. That's all you have to do. And it's already in your, you don't even have, we'll just, we send you a little box, and you just plug it into the coaxial on any coaxial in the house. It doesn't matter which one. Yep. And boom. Or, hey, you know your uh, phone line? Well, you know, they offer DSL. That's, right. that's faster. You know, your yeah. phone company offers DSL. You can just use that. And that was the other thing is now the phone companies could get around yep. AOL. Well, we were talking right? about them earlier. They're going to find a way to make the money. To get Verizon Online DSL, call 1-800-284-3158. The other component to it, and this became the subject of a very large lawsuit, was that all of a sudden on your internet operating system, whether it be um, <laughs> Apple or Microsoft, yep. uh, Windows or Mac OS, you could have a web browser on it. And what the fuck is a web browser back then? It's, right. it's a piece of software that lets you do basically, I'd say, 70 to 80% of what AOL software does. Well, that was the thing. I mean, yeah. you could use AOL's built-in web internet browser, browser which yeah. most people did. And yeah. it was actually initially their own, and then they used a derivative of Internet Explorer. They got right. in bed with Microsoft on that uh, in 97 or so. But then suddenly it didn't matter because Windows had you know the Internet Explorer in there, which again was subject of a that massive was, lawsuit that almost destroyed Microsoft. Yeah, that's a fun uh, trial you ever watched, the hearing, Bill Gates' yeah. hearing. from And he just doesn't want to tell them dick. It's very funny. Yeah. Well, sir, it does. Um, uh, trying to undermine Sun uh, come within the activity that you've just described? I don't know what you mean by that. You don't? No. And not only that, you know, you can get Netscape. It did become free. Uh, there yep. was also Opera at the time. Remember Opera? There Opera was, was so around. many. Mozilla was, started yeah, up a little Mozilla bit later. Mozilla set up a little bit later, mm-hmm. which eventually became Firefox. Yep, exactly. 
So, okay, so we've got the web browsers bundled with our OS, right? Mm-hmm. Operating system for those of you out there. We've got AIM mm-hmm. for free. Yes. Those are two core components of why you would have used AOL. And unless I'm on another planet, Quinn, didn't people just stop using the fucking chat rooms after like 99? Like, yeah, it, it <laughs> became really passe. <laughs> right? Not to mention, you know, AOL, we didn't mention this, but AOL had a little button for search. They did. That quickly didn't fucking matter because people just use Google. Or Yahoo, Yahoo or something. Excite, but Lycos, like, yes. Dogpile. Yeah, dog, whatever the fuck, <laughs> there right? There were a million of them. Um, suddenly, like, you didn't need that either. You, <laughs> you, ask Jeeves. You could just do that on the web browser. And right. this is, the thing with the web browser thing was that I remember, right? Because I feel like this is a big component of this, is that when you first got AOL, you felt like you didn't need to leave the AOL place well, like I never you, did you never had the, never they did. had everything uh-huh. right exactly but then things started happening like for example like I remember AOL 9.0 or one of those like yeah. huge fucking upgrades that was, right? that was the big one where early it, 2000s where it was like it started to kind of be like slower because they just tried to pack yep. in way too much shit yep now get what you want most AOL 9.0 Optimize lets you choose how you bring your online experience to life the hell does that mean and then suddenly, like, I remember there was a certain point where I just started using Internet Explorer or something else for, like, my web browser. Because it was just, fa- I would just connect AOL, I'd minimize, minimize it, it, and then I'd go in there, and then I'd use the in- independent AIM app, which also so existed. I. Yeah. Like, slowly the pieces of what became, like, just what broadband was started happening, and people would just have AOL in the background as just their connection. 100% I right. did, until we canceled it. Yeah. And you nailed it, though, earlier, Coin, at the top of the show here when you said this. People figured out what the internet was, and they and they figured out what they wanted. They and they figured out what they wanted. They downloaded the pieces that they wanted, and they got rid of the stuff yeah. they didn't, and they didn't need all of it packaged into one blob. Right. Eating hard drive space <laughs> up on their computer. Now, would I wager to say that maybe people 60 and up were still using AOL entirely in its box. Yeah. Of course. Because it honestly it did it did provide a convenience. Right. But that's not the target demo. No. For computer software and right. ISPs and OSPs and all of that in that period of time. You know, the target demo are people that are going to have a long-term future and grow with the technology and things they like need, that. What they needed to do as far as the software to me was concerned, they needed to make it leaner. And they needed yeah. to make it more act more like a web browser if they wanted to keep people on it. And they didn't do that. That was one they of the They just their made big it problems. like IE. They just they, literally started in you know, piggybacking. They should have built their own browser. They never did. You know, they really the merger, again, is is a whole separate topic in its own right. But one of the other things regarding the merger, and I guess regarding why things went so south, we have to mention it. The dot com bubble burst in the yes, early two thousands. Early two thousands. So the dot-com bubble, what it was, was in the 90s, as we saw AOL was one of those companies in that dot-com bubble, yeah. was that literally anything that attached itself to the internet, just the stock went up, Google, oh, yeah. Yahoo, yep. anything. But all these other startups that you- A- Amazon. Amazon is one, yes, yeah. 100% is. But it's so many companies- quickly rose and quickly fell that we can't even remember the right. names so there, of them. It's almost like in 2001 or two, suddenly people were like, wait, Amazon's really only working. Wait a sec. You know, Google. Google's the only one that's really kind of working. And, mm-hmm. and it's almost like there was like a collective figuring out of like, these are the important ones yeah. and they're going to be okay. 
and these other ones, they suck, and we're just dumping all of them. <laughs> there were a ton of overvalued yeah. companies because right. of this bubble, and when it burst... com. Yes. Yeah, no, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Today, we're coming to you from one crazy dog park. Now that you can get whatever you want at Pets.com... And when the bubble burst, it kind of really shed some light on what had truly been overvalued. And guess what? AOL was one of those companies. Yeah. It was just way overvalued. Uh, the fact that it, we were already seeing hints, of, again, of the cable companies and the and the right. phone companies that were converting into these and, you know, and yeah. then later mobile comp- companies, which were phone companies. But yeah, the telecoms. The telecom industry. The telecoms right. really held all the power and people were fooling themselves if they didn't believe that. That's the thing. And AOL did not do itself any favors from a software development, yeah. from a user interface development point of view, because they did not keep up with the times and the demand of what people wanted, mm-hmm. like you said. People didn't need to go to the lifestyle channel of AOL. They wanted a fast internet connection. And they wanted a, a web browser that was quick. That and, and modern. The, yeah, modern and loaded the images quick and blah, blah, blah. And like, honestly, I don't think anybody would have been sad if sad if they kept all the, the features, but that if they, you know, they hit them away a little bit better or, or something like, you know, if they were just kind of little things you could click at the top. Right. And it was more, this is the web browser. This is what you wanted, right? Right, like, yeah. You get that, your email, and your buddy list. And I think most people like, would have been fine with it. Yeah. Right? And even IE had like a button for mail and shit in it. Sure. You know, they, they had some of these features. It did. I just remember that we stopped using it. I want to say around 04 uh, entirely, although I had not been connecting to it. I think we stopped connecting to it, but I kept my email address. Because you could connect with another connection and just sign on to right. AOL. You know but what then I mean? Eventually, AOL lets you log into your email on a web browser. Eventually. So you didn't even AOL need AOL Mail, yeah. You didn't uh, even need them. But I figured out that you could get internet for free if you were clever enough and looked around hard enough. Well, and- <laughs> it's still in the Wild West <laughs> 56K stuff. It was, yeah, well, yeah. that's all we had still. Yeah. But it was, it was very illegal, you know. But I would just find these free... Uh, Numbers yeah. <laughs> dial in, you get you know what you know what I zero. think is you know what I think is a weird downfall for AOL. I want to add to this. Please do Napster, and I'll tell you why. You think it's part of it? I'll tell you why. Why that was a motivating factor for a lot of people to get broadband. I can download my music faster. Well, Napster, and then the ones that came after. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of like LimeWire. But I'm saying it was like a conglomeration of a lot of things going on. For example, the iPod came out suddenly. Mm. Oh, I can play my MP3s on the go, right? Well, I need to get music for this, and nobody's fucking buying music anymore. <laughs> They're just going on Napster or whatever the fuck. Yeah. You'd you'd queue up hundreds of songs, and it would take all day to download them, and they're like, this sucks. And to me, that is the nug- huh. got the nugget that put into people's heads That's and started point. to cascade into, oh, well, I got to get broadband. And then you get broadband, and you're like, well, I don't need AOL anymore. You know, it just, mm-hmm. it's all these, there's like all these different factors, no matter what, the internet is many things, which we discovered, and that's what AOL was trying to, trying to package up many things. But what people started figuring out clearly was that, well, I only want certain things. Yeah, sometimes you want to buy things a la carte and not yeah. buy the whole all-in-one unit. I only want a web browser and a way to message my friends. That's it. I don't right. need AOL for the rest of this, right? Exactly. And I think that's a great point, Quinn, because think about YouTube in the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. That probably drove the nail further because there's still people dialing up to AOL. How the fuck yeah. are you going to use YouTube? Yeah. On top of it, now we have Apple Computer Company over here, right? And they say, hey, you know that Napster thing? Well, we want to kind of make that legitimate. Well, there's this little application called iTunes, and you can download the music here, and it will. if you plug your iPhone into the computer, it will put the music automatically on it, and you don't have to think about it, right? iPod. A thousand songs in your pocket. What do you need to download those songs? An internet connection, and you need one that's relatively fast, broadband. <laughs> um, again, 
don't need AOL anymore. That's a good point, yeah. Glenn. You know, one of the things, too, about uh, AOL that it became infamous for, and especially as this time went on, is it was very hard to cancel your account. And they got a lot of what shit. I, I mean, I didn't hard, cancel up my parents' did, Hard so. in the sense that they had a retention team. Oh, boy. Those are people that are trained to, they're salespeople. Talk you out of it. To talk you out talk of you it. Talk you off the cliff, if talk you Talk you off the cliff, you know, give you some free something or other, and blah, 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 blah. But the problem became for them is they had no grounds to stand on anymore because they became irrelevant mm-hmm. and obsolete. And it is amazing, Quinn, how between the year 1996, where AOL sounded futuristic and awesome and modern, and 2006, it sounded like this archaic yeah. relic and lame, like, oh, you use AOL? Yeah, it became one of those things like... That was parodied on like Tim and Eric or right. something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, of, yeah. like uh, 90s stuff. Like, right. It's like, it's up there with like Juno, like having yeah. a Juno email address. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Still, that yeah. type of thing. It became almost a joke that, like, if you still had a at AOL.com <laughs> right. email, right? Like, yes. do you remember that? Like, yes, there was I like, remember a, that. there was like a stigma. And when Gmail came out, everyone like rushed. I was like, <laughs> I, and that was not because Gmail offered anything different it's it didn't name. it didn't ultimately offer anything different it was fucking email <laughs> like but but at the end of the day yeah like people wanted just some hip shit right and gmail sounded a lot cooler than aol.com because oh, it's part of a company that actually is succeeding right <laughs> that's what it is yeah. though how I, many aol.com addresses do you think still exist they have to right i mean oh, AOL, I'm sure i'm sure aol it's is on the hook or something they to still, some extent, I mean, they're still the email a company. Servers, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're still a company. They were owned by. Ver- we're not going to do the whole fallout of them, but I mean, the merger didn't go well, and obviously, AOL yeah, will split back off of that. They were owned uh, by Verizon for a period of time until. See, now that's what they should have fucking done the first time. <laughs> Had they done that, they would still be going. It's, isn't that funny? The telecom ends up buying them. Telecom bought them uh, until not too long ago, actually. Yeah, but. The legacy, I think, of AOL, to, to bring it back into a respectful tone, I guess, or at least to highlight some of the good things that it did, it did make it so easy, and I'm not just parroting their marketing pitch, but it really did make it easy for people to get on the internet and familiarize themselves It's no joke that it. it made it easy, and I think that's a pattern with technology in general. Right. When something comes along that makes something that's very useful easy to use, the public will latch on to that. Yeah. And quick. Like you said, it almost became hip to be part of AOL. It did for a while. Because I want a screen name. I want to be able to talk to my friends. I want to tell them about this thing I found on the internet. I want an email address. I want an email address. I want to go in the chat rooms. Mm-hmm. I want to eat. Like, they had so many fucking things, right? That, to me, it's stunning almost that they could just fall apart just so quick. So quickly. So, it, it felt like it was like a matter of like three years or something. <laughs> like, and, and like, they just didn't matter anymore. I really think so. I mean, I feel- They were like your life on the internet and suddenly they just didn't exist. You know, it's true. It is amazing how quick they dropped. And it was like very soon after that merger, maybe not, you know, financially is one thing, but I'm talking in perception, Mm -hmm. just from a consumer level perception. They went from being the coolest thing that you had to have and you were proud to be on on AOL. You want that little guy, the little AOL man. He is cute. You you, you want him. He's a very cute little guy. Does he have a name? He should. It but, should just be, but it's Buddy. Some, it I think. better be Buddy. Yeah, it's gotta be right. If it's like Howard or something, they're really <laughs> fucking stupid. But you know who doesn't 
have the fond memories of being online. And maybe you were one of those Linux people, or maybe, you know, the RC Cola people out right, there. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> you were a prodigy folk or CompuServe and you were pissed when AOL well, bought CompuServe. To be fair, there was, AOL did have competition in its day. There were yeah, ISPs but undercutting them. them. But it yeah. crushed them. Yeah. They were undercutting them, but they weren't providing the same UI user experience that right, yeah. AOL was, right? I mean, well, you, did, you had to again, you had to use the browser separately. That's the other thing, which yeah. was it's kind of sort of funny that that was part of AOL's <laughs> undoing anyway. It was like they were there to serve a specific intermediary function. They in- would, you know, if AOL came along now as like a an easy to use way for people to use the internet, now it would never work. It really was a timing thing. It really was. Right? Because yeah. I, what they, like you said, what they were offering was an introduction to the internet. It just so happened that it was actually useful too, and you might stick with it anyway. Right. You might, out of loyalty or out or of convenience. Or just because you know where everything is. Correct. Out of familiarity. It was basically the internet for dummies in software form. Which was necessary in, you know, 1994, 1995. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that can't be overstated here is that although we, we I think all of us listening here, Take it for granted now mm-hmm. that you either open up your phone, you know, you unlock your phone with your face or your finger or your code or whatever, right? Yeah. Or you go on your computer, your tablet or whatever, or your dryer, whatever the fuck, right? Has the internet. People tweet from their fridge. I don't know. That wasn't a thing at all. No. In the 90s. Like, literally that at funny all. funny clip from like the Today Show where they're like, what is the internet? <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we don't know what it is. Is it Matt Lauer? It's a bunch of them. It's like Matt Lauer. Katie Couric. Katie Couric and... Brian Gumble, like, like they're like batting around. They're like, "What is this internet? Where do you get internet? Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> what, what is internet anyway? Internet is uh, that massive computer right. network, mm-hmm. the one that's becoming really big now. What it's, do you mean that's big? How does one? What do you write to it like mail? No, a lot of people use it and communicate. With, I guess they can communicate with NBC writers and producers. Allison, can you explain what internet is? No, she can't say anything in 10 seconds or less. Oh. Oh. Allison will be in the studio shortly. What, is, what does it mean? It's a, it's a giant computer network made up, made up of, uh, started from... Oh, I thought you were going to tell us what this was. It's like a, look a in computer the dictionary. billboard. It's, it's not in there. It's, it, it's, it's a computer billboard, but it's nationwide. Right. And it's, it's several uh, universities and everything all joined together. That conversation, the reason that's always shown as like a funny ha-ha, but that is very emblematic of like the mystique and mystery of what the fuck is this in in the mid 90s how do i use it how do i get this i remember like i remember asking my friends like how how do i get it and then what do i do with it like what is it <laughs> that, we didn't know nobody knew nobody nobody knew. fucking understood our parents didn't know no they're not from that like they weren't trained to think that way you know what i mean and kids today like you know what's funny imagine asking your parents about something so integral in your life like as if like telephones or something right Right. and imagine they don't know how to help you how you know how you know how to use it or anything this is what aol did it made them like telephones it made them like televisions like that's a great you know what i mean like yeah it made it made them easy to use it's so easy, no wonder it was number one, Quinn. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. seriously. So I think it does have a very positive legacy from a, again, the consumer level, lay person, average, you know, user type of thing. We know the merger sucked balls 
Yeah. Like, we know that. We know that was a bad idea, and we know yeah. that there were a lot of things that went wrong with it. But I do think that the legacy and the contributions that AOL made, at least to our generation and even those before and after It was, us, like, vital, in essence. And, you know, we have good memories of using AOL, and we mentioned them, like, chatting and browsing. I can't, I can't tell you how many things I discovered on AOL that I just didn't know. I discovered what... Uh, what uh, video game ROMs were? I discovered. Yeah, me what, too. Me too. I, you know, I, I discovered uh, information in chat rooms and you know little factoids. And I remember I used to click on like TV themes, and I wanted. That's how I got kind of a knowledge of really? that. Really? Yes. Because so they, they were in MIDI. You could get. Oh, you could find MIDI a, files. A yeah, huge, man. You could find huge lists because you had to be MIDI because you had a fifty-six K connection. Be, yeah. So, so you could kind of recall all these themes oh, and like. Yeah. I mean, there was all sorts of fun. Nintendo.com. I remember, like, what that was the first question, and this was an a- unrelated. This was somebody who didn't have AOL. The first question is, you know, was from my grandpa. And he said, Michael. You can go anywhere on the internet. You can go anywhere. You, where do you want to go? And I said, Nintendo. Nintendo. I want to go to Nintendo. And then I went there, and it was just like a picture of Mario, and it didn't really have much of anything. But I thought, wow! You know, like... Yeah. You know, like... You and I, obviously, were big into wrestling. There was yeah. keyword WWE. Before that, it was keyword superstars. You know, we were big into that. That was a cool tie-in, and, and we, we should mention this as like an AOL memory, is that sometimes AOL would tie into, um, they they promote cross-promote with different brands, like the WWF or WWE. WWF at the time. WWF at the time. And they would say, like, you go on the program, and they say, if you want to chat about the program, you know, Monday Night Raw that you're watching right now, uh, head on in mm-hmm. to keyword WWF. Mm-hmm. And like there would be people in there chatting about Monday Night Raw, like as it was happening. Yep. And this was like very exciting, right? It was because very it, fresh. Nobody was doing anything like this, Correct. right? Yes. There was no Twitter. There, Not at all. You know? That was Twitter, basically. Yeah. Those chat rooms was basically like Twitter in a yeah, way. Yeah, this was, it was a very interesting idea. I remember I could find the pay-per-views I couldn't see. You get the, I could, I could the find, live updates? I could get the live updes you know, in there. Good thing you stayed out of Usenet, Quinn. Right. They, they wouldn't want to F see you that there. Usenet. <laughs> um, but on AOL, it was A-OK. But, <laughs> but I mean, I'm pretty sure they did this shit with like football. Oh yeah, like of the, course. Uh, keyword NFL, major like, sports. There was had keyword it. everything. Like you would just anything that was on TV, they started keywording. Keyword, yep. And then eventually they would get emails and that's, websites. That's like the equivalent of hashtag, essentially, right? You know, you're really putting something together here with this Twitter comparison because yeah. I think that's not too far off. I mean, what is Twitter? It's just a way to connect people's thoughts with each other. Yeah, and that's what the <sighs> chat rooms did. You know, I mean, but, that's, um, that's what it was. These are all just things I remember. How it was integral. Like, I probably wouldn't have gotten into computers and had a job overall in computers if it, AOL was probably <laughs> part of that. Well, that's a good point, though. I mean, it really helped train people of a certain generation to be able to be computer savvy and computer mm-hmm. fluent. Mm-hmm. And gr- not in a, probably not by design, but it helped prepare us for becoming, you know, working adults. Yeah. As weird as that sounds. And you know what the one thing that I don't remember a lot of it, and maybe it was my age, and now that I think about AOL in the past, there wasn't a, like, massive shopping component on it. Like, as if, like it wasn't, like, built into it. No, there wasn't a... Ma- it wasn't ubiquitous, if you yeah, will, Yeah, it was like you had to know... <laughs> like, I think people's initial inkling was, like... I want to go to Macy's.com or like, you know, whatever the the store was. But it's funny that it ended up being Amazon, but Amazon wasn't as big in that hey, that heyday of AOL. Amazon was a book company. 
I think, yeah. That, During that I, period of time. I think there's just, that's another aspect to AOL that never really, they never figured out how to promote that properly. That's a good point. They had like a shopping chat, but like. Yeah, what but the, I don't remember anyone buying anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, because there was no retail, no one was selling online either for the most They were, part. it was just like. Not it was, a lot. It, remember they always, you'd always just see that dumb shit on fucking <laughs> every news report about the internet. It's like, you can order a pizza on the internet. They and didn't like, say who, that. Who Did was, they re- yes, on like all of them. Like, what? I, I felt like every time the internet would come up on TV, they'd say you could order a pizza from the internet. Who and, said that? Like Tom Brokaw or one of them? You could. But like nobody did it because I don't. I got to give them my credit card information. I'm not sure about this. That, right? That was my parents, though. You know, yeah. I don't know about this. Right. Given the inter- internet information here, I don't know. You know, like there's there's all sorts of th- avenues that AOL could have taken to head into like the next decade of the internet. Yeah. And they never really did. Like, why did they not have, for example, like a system like PayPal? Right. Right. AOL Pay. You could go on eBay. AOL. Yeah, you could go on eBay and stuff. But like again. People were still leery about that. It wasn't until broadband and people were just more comfortable with the internet in general that making purchases and commerce in general was very popular on the internet. Yeah, it became more accepted, I think, as yeah. time went on and just more widespread. But mm-hmm. you're right. That The main reason they didn't do any of this shit is because they were so preoccupied with figuring out their clusterfuck of a merge. Yeah. Serious. They just like completely dropped the ball on everything yeah. they should have been doing. And it's just funny that even as you have... Embarrassing. Even if you... As you have nostalgia for AOL, you start to remember its shortcomings. There like, were many like that there was no effective pay method, or there, you know, there were a lot. There or like you didn't really need all this stuff. You could download the applications individually, any like you always could have. You just like, wanted your fucking web browser and your email and your yeah. AIM at that time. Yeah, and then, like when did I? I think I stopped using AIM around. Oh seven or something like that because I, then I just used Facebook Messenger to talk to people because everyone was on that you know I remember that the thing that got me off it was um, my iPhone 2007 again well you had an came, early iPhone I, 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 well, some of us weren't so fortunate okay? well in all honesty I could partially maybe blame AOL for that too because again AOL got my addiction to the internet and <laughs> I remember with the iPhone the, the thing that sold me on it yeah. was not all the other you know the touch screen all that hoopla was they showed a demo on the thing oh boy that you could use the web browser and it didn't look like dog shit <laughs> and i was like wait a second i could be on the toilet and be on the internet well that was a huge deal sign me up but- like i literally like that was one of the killer features of the of the original iphone that i could not believe it this is insane. <laughs> I do think that AOL missed it in toilet integration as yeah, well. Yeah, toilet yes. integration would have been helpful. <laughs> it's a very important point yeah. in a young man's life, Quinn. Right, yeah. <laughs> toilet integration. Now you can read shit on the toilet. <laughs> I mean, it's better than having nothing to do. Yeah, I could go to my favorite um, like tech news website or something and, and, and read about new computers or some shit while I'm taking a shit. You go to Newegg and buy some new yeah. computers while you're taking yeah, a shit. Yeah, exactly. It's a whole thing here. It's so easy. No <laughs> wonder it was number one. Yeah. More like number two. Get it? I'm funny, right? You keep thinking, you, you start to spot the holes when you have nostalgia for it, right? Yeah, and again, it's with hindsight, like you said mm-hmm. earlier, that you know it's it's a lot easier to armchair quarterback this stuff. It's easy to armchair when you're on a podcast in 2023 or whatever, <laughs> thinking about it. Imagine doing that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're talking about us? No. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we want to do is hear from you guys as well, because, listen, if you're in a 
country that didn't have AOL, which is probably a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there was like the equivalent or yeah. something, right? Like, like there had to M- be. Mr. Trotter's online experience over in England or whatever yeah, the fuck whatever. it's probably yeah. called or Moose, <laughs> Moose Haven. <laughs> or, or just like some dumb shit in probably Russia, like Moosey or, or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Moosey. Yeah, yeah, like I, just some something or kangaroo channel in australia margaret or like, whatever it is i'm 99 sure that somebody saw what aol was doing in america yeah and said hey let's, let's not w- let's not merge yeah <laughs> well let's not merge but hey that packaging it all up to introduce the internet to people that might be a good idea yeah let's just do it better than they did yeah <laughs> not fuck it all up yeah it was a product of its time and at the end of the day and could have only existed in its time Quinn. yeah I, I think that's 100 percent true it was a necessary component of a it was a bridge it was a bridge absolutely i think ultimately because it really did take people through the unknown kind of ethereal period of time where the internet was very techy and geeky and i'm not using that derogatorily but very geeky and nerdy and only the smart kid went on the computer it was almost like a point of making fun of like you're on the computer you know what i mean to then all of a sudden the popular girls are Right, because they can chat. And And you want their screen name. Yeah, and you want their screen name, right? And AOL was the bridge that got us from, you know, BBS and fucking Q-Link to MySpace. Yeah. To Facebook Mm -hmm. and beyond. I really do. I think they're instrumental in in preparing people of how to use the internet. And for, you know, our parents' generation to be on Facebook now. (laughs) I'm not being that funny. You know. They are. Facebook is. They love it. You know, it's funny. Facebook, in a weird way, is is trying to do the same thing, and they've always been is doing this. Like, you can do everything on Facebook, yeah. Except it's in a web browser. But yeah. it, you could argue that that holds some of its origins in AOL. I think most of what we have today, in some regard, not in totality, but in some regard, owe a debt of gratitude in some way, shape, or form to AOL. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In so, in some form. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the the great positive qualities about it. Sure, we all have our memories of it. Very short, very fleeting era, though, like we were saying. Very fleeting. It's weird. Like, it is weird when you think about it, how short it was, and the fact that it floods in memories, but it also partially also floods in, like, the battle days of the internet where, like, things weren't figured out. It's It's so crazy, though, to have something that you both look back on with fondness and with embarrassment. And that's AOL. You know what I mean? It's very strange to have Mm -hmm. those type of experiences, but we want to hear yours, everybody. Let us know. Maybe you still have an email address. Let us know. We'll we'll email you at it. How about that? Give us your AOL address if you still have one. Give us your screen name. Yeah, we'll chat you. I'll download AIM right now. Is it still around? Maybe. I'll find an old version. Yeah. Figure it out, everybody. I'm sure there's somebody hosting an AIM server if it doesn't exist anymore, just for posterity. (laughs) There better be. Yeah. Uh, One way or another, we sure do hope you enjoyed being with us here for Acid Wash Memories. Be sure to tweet at us at AWM Podcast on Twitter. And join our Facebook group if you have a Facebook. We will, of course, be back when next week for something completely different. Yes. Another slice of pop culture nostalgia. Until that time, we really do thank you for being with us. But we're going to sign off now. This is Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn. Goodbye. Like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week. 